Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John Jastrzemski, Sports Radio 1019 FM, The Fan, WFAN. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. Friday morning edition of JJ After Dark. It's John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. It is a jam-packed show. We have the final four on the horizon. Big news in the ACC. Who better to talk about it than one of my all-time favorites, one of the best people on the planet, the associate head coach at Pitt, who right now is here, there, and everywhere dealing with this you-know-what show of a transfer portal, the great Timmy O'Toole. What's happening, Coach O'Toole? JJ, it's always great to hear your voice, bro. And I wish things were slowing down, but it seems like everything's just been picked up. How are you, pal? Coach, I'm doing A-OK. I'm going to start there because I think if you look up and down college basketball right now, I don't care what program you are, you're losing two or three guys. It's like par for the course. You've been at this a long time, my friend. You've been an assistant head coach. You've been an associate head coach. You've been a head coach. You've been a broadcaster. Have you ever seen anything like this in all of your years of being in college basketball? No, not even close. You know, and you throw in um, COVID and the restrictions, and then the portal. It's uh, it's really, it's hard to believe. And and one of the things that really makes it difficult to understand, especially if you've gone into coaching and, and you respect and and really value the concept of team this is kind of you know it's it's ripping apart that that whole notion um we're not professionals we're we're, you know you're collegiate athletes you're going to school um you're working on your craft and uh and now it's just it's open free agency for everyone and um it's it's just it's, it's crazy uh and yet, like we were just talking with, you know, this is, I don't know how many, over 1,150, almost 1,200 kids in the portal. JJ, two weeks ago, it was 400. And this thing is just, it's, it's off and running. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's hard to believe, actually. It's hard to believe. Um, how much of a nightmare has it been from a coaching standpoint? You know, you guys are out on the road. It feels like 24-7, 365. You know, you're recruiting 15, 16-year-olds, whatever the case may be, Coach. Now you got to throw in basically every Division One program in America. I mean, that takes it to another level, right? It, it Not only that, J.J., I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, who actually coached me a long time ago who's now an assistant in the NBA. And you're not only recruiting other 
schools. You have to recruit the kids on your program every day. And that, you know, you're just not used to, you know, again, when you're coaching them, you're teaching them, you're trying to get them to another point. And, um, but there's plenty of people that are in their ears saying all throughout the season, listen, you're not getting enough touches. You're not getting the proper usage rate. All these things that are just kind of pulling everything apart. And, um, yeah, no, it's tricky. And, and in the old days, J.J., and I should say the old days, it wasn't that long ago, the, the beautiful thing, and, and this is what we know, is that how important it is to get your degree, right? And so the reason why is because, you know, and, and I've been doing this for the last 30 years, but it's like your life, basketball ends for all of us one day. And your real life is between 25 and 75 is the majority of your years. And are you prepared to handle that? And that was always the beautiful thing about, you know, getting your degree and being in college for four years, developing, understanding the network that, you know, um, if you went to, you know, the Qs like you went to or I went to Fairfield, like, you know, like you became part of that fabric. And it's almost like these are the things that are no longer there or no longer encouraged. And, um, yeah, it's just hard to understand. It, it really is because so many of these young kids, you just fear are going to lose out, and uh, yeah, and, and it's just it's sad. It, it really. However, you know it, it's the new norm, and so you're going to have to get used to it. And uh, you know that's the boat we're all in. But again, I just I, I know when you got into this profession a long time ago, you, you wanted to help kids get better, grow and develop, chase their dream. And then at the end of it, though, you knew, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work our tails off. We're gonna graduate you. You know, and, and you're going to hopefully have a productive life, and uh, and that was that. And now you're looking at this, and it's like, because we know the odds, J.J., right? I mean, I want you to get there, but the reality is, hey, you know, there's still only 30 NBA teams. Like, how you get, you know, like we've got to keep that, that insurance policy, that fallback re- ready for you, and that's what seems to be getting stripped away. And it's uh, it's, it's it's hard to watch right now. Ah, well said, incredibly well said. And, you know, Coach, I was thinking about this today because I was shocked by this news. You've been in the ACC now a couple of years, and you've spent time with Coach K. You've spent time for years with Coach Beheim, And you've been around two hallmarks, two staples of college basketball. Another one of those guys is Roy Williams. Roy Williams' institution, his days at Kansas, over a decade plus with the North Carolina Tar Heels, how shocked were you when you got word earlier this morning that Coach Williams was hanging him up? So, I'll be honest with you. It's April Fool's Day. And, J.J., I was at Duke University working for Coach K when one October, and I forget the exact date, when they came around, and this was pre-cell phones, or maybe that was just the start of cell phones, but the Internet wasn't even up and really running yet. And someone said that Coach Smith is having a press conference this afternoon and is resigning. And when you're nine miles away and you're part of that rivalry between Duke and Carolina, you, you were dumbfounded. You were beyond disbelief. And, um, and the same thing happened for me today when they said that Coach Williams was stepping down. I, I, you know, I didn't believe it. I just thought, it's April Fool's, this is a joke. Because what I've always heard, at least in my industry, J.J., was that the person that had a chance to catch Coach K would have been Roy, you know, whenever Coach steps down, Coach K that would be. 
that, that Roy would be the next one in line because of his age and, you know, where he's at and do the math. And so when all of a sudden that news came across today, it was beyond shocking because I didn't believe it up until the press conference. I still thought, no, nah, it's April Fool's. But, yeah, no, hard to believe. Uh, again, when you think about, again, I remember Coach Williams when he was an assistant at Carolina before Kansas. And then, you know, and then the great stuff he's done in Kansas and then coming back to the heels. And, uh, yeah, shocking. Absolutely shocking. And, Coach, you think about that vacancy, man? That's one of the best jobs, if not the best job in college basketball. I mean, those facilities, Chapel Hill, the rivalry with Duke, um, Jordan being a part of the proceedings, like – and, man, if I am a coaching candidate, I don't know if they're going in-house. I don't know if they're going out-of-house. I think that'll play out over the next couple of weeks. But, my goodness, I can only imagine being a head coach in North Carolina. But at the same time, Coach, not an easy thing for these guys who are going to succeed, Coach K and Jimmy Beheim and Roy Williams. That's not an easy thing to do, man. You, you know what, JJ? You've seen it over the years, and it's like even when when Coach Guthridge replaced Dean Smith, I think he went to two Final Fours in three years, and they weren't happy. Like you, you know what? It's it's amazing. And um, you talk about, and and I don't know what the reasons for him stepping down were. I did not, you know, we've been kind of busy all day, um, so I have not read it or you know heard anything, um, but. You know, someone was like, well, the pressure of being down there and doing well. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think he won three NCAA titles, you know, since he's returned back to, to Carolina. And, um, you know, I mean, that can't be part of it. But you never know, you know, why. I mean, this portal thing is, is really, it's, uh, it, it's, it's challenging. It, it really is because, for guys like that, that you know, where relationships mean something, the name of the school means something, the degree means something. You know how important it is for kids to one day walk away with their degree and not let me go to three different schools. It's just it's 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 crazy. And um, but you know, I just know this, JJ, and and you know, when I was at Duke, there's no one you respected more than Carolina. It goes back to. You know, when you have those unbelievable, fierce rivalries, you know, Ali and Frazier, they made each other better, right? And so the same thing with, with, with when you're working at Duke and, you, and Coach Smith was down there, and they were beyond great. Like, you were so motivated every day because you knew that that other program right down the road was lining up, and there was just this, this pressure upon you. And um, anyway, when you, when you think about replacing those guys that – you know, even Coach Bay for six decades, you know, at the Q's has been in the NCAA tournament. And, like, things that are just hard to believe. Like, even Coach Krzyzewski, you know, prior to this season, the last time he had been in, I think it was 1996, and prior to that was 84. You're talking about absolute high levels of excellence that someone's going to have to kind of come in and try to replicate. And the reality is th- those shoes are beyond big to fill. Because you, again, Coach Gut went to two Final Fours at Carolina, and they were not happy with him. And so, yeah, you just, you, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, the uh, the longevity that Coach Williams had, and obviously Coach Bay and Coach Shashevsky, it's just so rare 
nowadays. And then you throw the portal in the mix because, you know, one of the things, J.J., and I don't know if you've heard this, but, you know, at all the different programs, and I know I've, I've talked to a couple of people here at Pitt, you know, they're, they're kind of like, well, we like to root for these guys for four straight years. And the reality is those days, unfortunately, unless this rule changes again, are probably gone. Where you're going to see... Well, because think about it, Coach. Possible. If you're on the bench now at one of these programs, and you know how it is, parents, friends, siblings, who the hell knows what's going on? Who knows who's in so-and-so's ear? You're going to have kids now who aren't starting right out of the gate are basically going to say, to hell with this. I'm going to go start somewhere else, and now they have the ability to do so. And listen, sometimes you understand the player maybe is not in the right situation. That could work out going somewhere else, having more success. But now, I mean, guys who maybe had to wait a year, they're going to say, I'm too impatient. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's not a good thing, Coach. It's not a good thing. No, and it's um, and it's everywhere. So even if you know I was at Fairfield as the head coach, if you're in a low major and your guys do well, then they fall, you know, they're prey, right? And so you think you're doing well, and everybody's happy. You're trying to build your program, and boom, you know, two of your best guys just got plucked up. It's a yeah, it's a tricky, tricky dynamic that we're all trying to navigate through, and um, and I just you know I fear going back is to the educational component because at the end of the day, that's always the thing that, that kind of did keep you at, at an institution or, you know, the network of, you know, one day being a graduate of, of that school. And unfortunately the, the, there's no incentive. It's almost, they're incentivizing you the other way. If you don't like it, move. And um, yeah, it's just, it's tricky. What is the blueprint? Is there a blueprint? to try and beat this Gonzaga team. If Coach O'Toole had to try to scheme up a way to beat Big Bad Gonzaga, who looks loaded right now, what would that be? You got to try to slow them down. You know, I mean, they're just watching them right now. They're a clinic on offense. That ball is moving side to side. They're properly spaced out. They've got guys launching the ball. It's almost got to be Bill Belichick. You know, you can't let them have the ball in their hands. You've got to find a way to almost Mick Cronin it, you know, slow them down to the best of your ability, gap it up. You know, you even think about, all right, can you zone them? I mean, they shoot the ball so well. Um, what, I, what I would definitely try to do, A, your offense, you've got to kind of slow that baby down so you don't give them the ball that many, so you got limit possessions. But the other thing is I would try to multi, do multiple schemes on defense. Mix it from man to zone. Show them different types of zone. Trap out of it. Don't trap out of it. Like, you've got to almost every two minutes think about another thing to try to just slow them down even mentally and make them try to make another adjustment because they're just operating on on full cylinders right now. And, uh, And you're right. I mean, just think about what you said. Not since Bob Knight's 1976 team has anybody been undefeated. And, uh, you know, in, in the days, UCLA used to have a few of those teams that pulled that off. But how rare and hard it is, and here we are in 2021, and these guys have a shot to pull it off, right? Like Kentucky had a shot not too long ago. UNLV had a shot. But it's not, it's, it's not going to be easy. But somehow you've got to slow those guys down. Coach, I loved Mick Cronin for all those years at Cincinnati. I always thought his teams were tough. 
They always gave Syracuse a hard time. I remember they beat Syracuse Big East semifinal 2012. That Fab Mello team. I remember watching that at MSG. Feels like another lifetime ago. But I always admired yeah. the way his teams played. Then he goes to UCLA, and the knock was, "Oh, he's not UCLA material." I said, "The hell with that. This guy could coach." I, I didn't buy that for a minute. Um, did you expect Mick Cronin to go there and have the success that he did? Or did you wonder because of that program and their prestige and, you know, they're looking for a certain type of coach. Did you have some questions about whether or not Mick Cronin would work out there? So I think a couple of things, JJ, and as you know, I worked out at Stanford for three years and at Cal. So I had five years in the back 12 and, you know, when you're in the northern part of California, you, you know, you're pretty familiar with what's going on in, in the, the UCLA and the USC world. And as you mentioned, there's such a stereotype as to what is the right person to be a, the basketball coach in that city, right? Because you got the Lakers not too far away, Showtime. You're in Hollywood. I mean, it, you know, Westwood is as pretty a place as it gets. You're in the talent agency. I mean, this is what that world is all about. And, um, the one thing you did know with Mick Cronin, and similar to when Ben Hallen left Pittsburgh, like they were going to bring a level of toughness because that's what they do. That's what they, you know, what they've made their name on. And when you talk about those Cincinnati teams, you know, and, and here I am at Pitt now, so the thought of seeing a Cincinnati Pitt game back in those days, or a Cincinnati West Virginia, or a Pitt West Virginia. I mean, this thing was, you know, a 38-36 slugfest. And um, that's how they all played. And so, you know, when you see what Mick Cronin did to Michigan the other night, again, another team that scores a lot of points, that toughness he's going to bring. The hard thing to do out there, J.J., is how do you sustain it over a long period of time? And that's what happened to Coach Allen. Ben went to three Final Fours in four years, and pretty soon that wasn't good enough because you didn't win. And um, it, it just got, you know, it's again, we talked about those expectations and, you know, what Coach Wooden did, and that's, you know, another spot where if you don't win at all, you're in trouble. And, um, you know, the, the odds of you winning at all aren't in your favor. So a lot of things have to happen, but um, I'm not surprised at his success. Uh, whether You know, the, the, the sustainability is going to be a part of that as he keeps moving forward. Um, You had ties to the Pac-12. Pac-12 has not had a great run in these NCAA tournaments for quite a while, Coach. They had a great yep. run this year. I mean, from Oregon State to Oregon to USC to UCLA, really good run of basketball for the Pac-12. Do you think we will look back on this tournament as like a renaissance of the conference, or do you kind of look at it as like a one-year blip and you need to see more? So I don't... You know, one thing when you're in that league and you're in a, every other league, right, is a lot of times these things were cyclical in the old days, J.J., meaning if you had some young guys who were freshmen, sophomores, they, they might get roughed up, and then all of a sudden their junior and senior years, all right, their time to shine. The one thing, and again, talking to one of our good buddies, Mike Hopkins, not too long ago, who's the head coach at Washington, was that going back to the portal, which is how we started this conversation, those schools have done well through the portal. Oregon State picked up a number of guys in the portal. UCLA, Johnny Juzang was in the portal and, you know, became eligible. Um, Oregon has always had success. And USC had 
major success in the portal. And so the portal it does have plenty of opportunity. You just got to be able to kind of comb through it. But when you look at what the Pac-12 schools have done, they had their you know older guys or their star players, and then they did reap the rewards of the portal, and they benefited mightily. And again, JJ, we've talked about this on one of the other previous shows, and I still believe it. In the beginning of the year, with all this change, I kept saying to a buddy of mine, Conto Martin, the team that's the most mature, that's just mentally strong, those are the guys that are going to be the ones that are swinging it away in March, at the end of March. Because with all the change, with all, you know, even think about it, being in that hotel for the last three weeks, you're going stir crazy. It's the same meals. It's the same ballroom. It's the same clothes. You packed two bags three weeks ago, so you're, you're doing the same laundry. You know, you're everything. It's, it's Groundhog Day over and over and over and over again. And who are the teams that have enough of that mental discipline, that moxie that can outlast all this and be the ones that they're, they're going to claim the champion? They're going to be by far the most mentally tough team in this COVID year. Uh, and that's why I think we're going to find out come championship night. Okay, Coach, other game, Baylor and Houston. Houston has played unbelievable defense. I mean, they suffocated the Qs, playing them in the Sweet 16. Uh, they did what they needed to do against a hot Oregon State team. But Baylor, if they're shooting the three ball, to me, they're a better version of Houston because they play that sort of defense too. I think they're a more explosive offensive team. I like Baylor to win this game. Uh are you on the same page with me here, or do you look at Houston as a team that has a legitimate puncher's chance to get them on the night? JJ, I'm with you on this one. You know what? Watching Baylor and watching Gonzaga, and people have talked about it all year, I think those are the two teams. They're, 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 they're physically mature. They're mentally dominant. They play hard. They play together. Um, you know, and it's the old saying, you know, it's amazing how much you're going to get accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. And that, to me, especially with these teams that are left, but especially Baylor and especially Gonzaga, those are the poster children, in my mind, who are those, they're just a different group. And don't get me, not taking anything away from what Kelvin has done out of Houston, because those guys, when you play that type of defense, you, you are, I mean, you're, you're just, a, you're chomping at the bit all the time. And they've been unbelievably successful. But I just do think Baylor and Gonzaga are not only doing it on the defensive end, but their offense is really clicking. And uh, I'm with you on Baylor. Okay, then. We got Gonzaga and Baylor playing Monday night. I think we're in agreement on that. Is that a coin flip game? Is that a sizable edge to Gonzaga? How would you handicap Monday night? If we get that matchup, of course. I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I do think there's something to it, as you mentioned, with Mark Few. Again, a good buddy of mine, I think I shared this with you the last time, Pete Newell Jr., uh, who's the son of Pete Newell that used to be the great coach at Cal. Uh, you know, he was just the, the father of the NBA big man, Kansas State. Like He, he was uh, not Kansas State, I'm sorry, he was at Michigan State. But just an absolute one of the greatest coaches of all time, and his son is, is equally as bright. He hit me back in January and says, you know, he asked me who the top five coaches that I thought were in college right now. 
And when I asked him what his were, he said, no doubt Mark Few is teaching college basketball better than anybody on the planet right now. And I don't think I can disagree with him. I mean, what he's done over the the course of time, especially out there, uh, getting players from all different, you know, countries, um, he, he's, they're just clicking on a different cylinder. And a, a lot of times you don't hear that much about him on the East Coast. When I was out on the West Coast in the Pac-12, the stat was that Gonzaga's had the most wins of any team in the West Coast, and that's including Arizona and UCLA, you know, over a 20-year period. And when you hear that and you think about what those two programs have done, especially with Luke and then Deshaun and then, you know, the, the UCLA period, it's staggering. And, um, and here they are with a chance. They're undefeated. And when they went to the Final Four the other night after they won, they were happy, but they looked like they weren't finished with their business. And there's a big difference. Like, you know sometimes when you're cutting down the nets, there's that, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. We're still alive. We're playing these four games. And then there's those other guys that are like, yeah, yeah, this is nice, but our job's not done. And I think both of those two teams have that outlook. But I do think Mark's team has been there, and it's going to show when they compete against each other for the championship. The outstanding associate head coach at Pittsburgh. He has been a great contributor to J.J. After Dark over the years. Coach Timmy O'Toole. Coach, I have a feeling that we will have a lot more conversations in the years ahead. But I know for this audience, what you've brought to the table, joining me, breaking down all the hoops, doesn't go unnoticed, my man. So keep killing it, all right, man? We'll be in touch, okay? JJ, you're the best, buddy. I appreciate it. Please keep having me on. I love, I love it, and I love you, buddy. They Stay have well. it. That's my main man, the associate head coach at Pitt, the great Timmy O'Toole. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.